Fox Sports 1480 AM, 102.5 FM, The Gambler. In Philly, there's a group that brings diehard sports fans together as one big family through tailgate and rope trips. Now the guys from Green Legion are bringing the tailgate to the airwaves. Quimby, Hollis Tank Thomas, Michael Diaz, and Chris Sack always keep the party going, so crack a beer. Take a shot and join the virtual tailgate now on Green Legion Radio. All right, everybody, Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, jam-packed super show this evening. We appreciate you joining us here. I cannot tell you or begin to tell you how much we have to go over, how much information we can possibly give you about this Sunday's game. We're also going to get into a little bit of Phillies, but we're going to stick predominantly with Super Bowl Sunday and the matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. However, before we go any further, the Green Legion radio family has just gotten a little bit bigger. Uh, On Tuesday, Michael and Abby Diaz brought Monroe Catherine Diaz into the world, their daughter. and, and, And you know what that means? Uh, one more member of Diaz Nation, which kind of pisses me off. But uh, remember, remember, Diaz, you don't want to keep making Abby have children so that you can get more recruits for Diaz Nation. Understand that. Just just be nice to her for, for a little while. But uh, from everybody here at, at Green Legion Radio and the Green Legion family, man, we want to express our, uh, our, our happiness for, uh, for, your, for your new family and your new member. Sack knows what it's like. Uh, he has two boys. Uh, Hollis and I have managed to pull out every single time, so we're good. Uh-uh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got, I got two girls. <laughs> you have two girls. Yeah. Uh, slash, okay. Slash, you and I are the only ones left in the pull-out category. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I plan on keeping it that way for a little bit. That's it. That's I it. don't think Slash has to pull out much, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's just say we're all better than Philip Rivers. Uh, this is true. This is true. <laughs> all right. Hey, look. Um, there, there's been a lot of talk about this being the first home Super Bowl or or or, or, or Super Bowl being played in a home uh, with home field advantage, and, and that's that's an inaccurate statement, everybody. All right, 1994, 1995, the Miami Dolphins were hosting a Super Bowl. Unfortunately, Dan Marino and Snowflake, the mascot, got uh, kidnapped two days beforehand, and. <laughs> <laughs> Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. So, uh, Sam, you do have some saving grace. There is a possibility that Tom Brady and the Buccaneers mascot could be kidnapped on uh, tomorrow, Friday. If history repeats itself, we're good to go. And I don't think Jim Carrey's ready to come out of retirement to to save the day. So. You know who knows? We may not have uh, we may not have that sec. Uh, who has probably the most famous halftime reinsertion of all time between Dan Marino and Ace Ventura or Bobby Boucher at the Bourbon Bowl and Waterboy? <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Boucher, shut up, Brett. Because <laughs> he didn't hold anything back. Uh, we know, listen, we know, we know, we know. All right, everybody, Green Legion. Radio, make sure you download, rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play by searching for Green Legion Radio. You can also just 
Download the iHeartRadio app, and you can get all three shows. The flagship version, get our Green Legion Radio, get Tank Happy Hour, and Ice to Shorts Winter Sports. Get Tank Happy Hour. You'll see on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter on Mondays from 6 to 8 as well. Tuesday, what time are you guys rolling now, Zach? We normally do 8 to 9.30, 9.15 is normally when, we, uh, when we're up. All right, good, good. Well, then we... We, uh, we, we've got a full lineup, man, and, and, and we're talking to uh, iHeart about possibly increasing our shows coming up here in April. We'll see. We could have some, uh, some good news for you there. And just so everybody knows, even though the dust is settled, I would still pipe Sean's girlfriend as well, just so everybody knows. <laughs> Are you sure about not, that? Not afraid to admit it. I would still <laughs> pipe Sean's girlfriend. Uh we're going to go over that trade as well, probably at the top of the hour, because that's interesting. And Adam Gilmore gave us a lot of insight on what that thing cost, what this, what, what having Matthew Stafford has actually cost the Los Angeles Rams, and it is a ridiculous amount of assets. But do not forget, Green Legion Radio cannot be possible if it wasn't for our good friends over at Bud Light. They make this all happen for us. As well, Stateside Vodka, that's premium distilled vodka right here in Fishtown. MCS Construction Services, the largest residential con- uh, contractor in the Philadelphia area. TheNextSip.com, that's hands-free drinking. It's a way to be an alcoholic without even having to lift your arms, baby. They're also great for kids' parties. All the Kavanaugh's restaurants, Kavanaugh's Riverdeck, Kavanaugh's Headhouse, Kavanaugh's Rittenhouse, and Kavanaugh's University City at 39th and Sansom. All the beautiful ladies over at Delilah's, which I know Tank is going to be going over to as soon as the show is finished. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Damn, <laughs> Skippy. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> and, of course, all of our uh, locations, City Fitness Philadelphia, throughout the area. And if you're not in Philadelphia, make sure you're over the bridge at our good friends at Echelon Health and Fitness. Hollis. Yes, sir. What happened this week in sports history and what happened this week in Hollis history, baby? There should be some good stories here because it's Super Bowl week. Yes, it is, sir. Today is February the 4th, 2021. It's the 35th day of the year. There's only 330 of these puppies left. Ah, and we're going to start off with some national holidays. Today is National Hemp Day. <laughs> uh, you're happy. You know it. It's, all, it's also Homemade Soup Day. It's also it's a, a World Cancer Day. My mom today, uh, my mom, hey, mom, she's uh, went to get her treatment today. Buds went to get her treatment today. Uh, it's also Stuffed Mushroom Button. Day. <laughs> and I got some quick events here. These events coincide with the uh, Super Bowl. Uh, we're going to start back in 2004 the Super, uh, on Super Bowl Sunday on February the 6th, uh, 2005, where then Eagles lost to the New England Patriots, 21-24, to where Donovan threw up immensely throughout the game and and, and rumors rumors still to this day that he didn't or he did throw up, whether he did or did not throw up. Then we go to 2007, where the then uh, New England Patriots with Tom Brady had almost a perfect season, I think it was, and he was ousted by who? Nothing other than... Eli Manning. Eli. Yes, the 17 to 14. And the ever so prominent day in 2018 where we finally got over the hump. The Eagles finally got, got one ourselves. As you can see, if, you, if you're watching us, you can see Slash has a sign right behind him, 41 to 33, baby. Got a couple of quick birthdays for you guys. Uh, today is uh, 1948 Alice Cooper's birthday. Today is 1978, Oscar De La Hoya, and we could not, we, we would, we would be 
remiss if we did not mention today in 1965, Jerome Brown was born. Ah, good one. Even though, even though we don't have to be remiss every show. Huh? Yeah, we don't have to be we don't have to be remiss every show. But you but you you, you want he, to he gets, you get it you get it in there some way, shape, or form. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna be remiss with that one, you know. <laughs> and my story today is called "Man the Hell Up." And I thought about this when I uh, I was just I was just you know I've been listening to every social media platform and everybody, including Sack. And I, it's like the Sack is backed off a little bit. But everybody is talking about what Carson needs. What Carson needs, he needs to man up and do a job. And see, when you when you come into this thing, there's going to be competition, and each each year, this will be the time I will be looking at the Senior Bowl, and then looking at the draft to see who they're going to draft to bring in to try to take my job. And if you can't if you can't have those that competitive juices, those type of competitive juices, you're in the wrong sport. I literally. Just had an argument with a guy on social media where he was talking about the entire team except for Carson. And I was like, it's not like he doesn't get a pass. Nobody gets a pass, sir. And I know we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about that today, but it's, it's been sticking in my craw because somebody somebody's gonna bring up the trade that that was just made, and then somebody else is gonna bring up a trade that we need to make or not or, or need not to make. But my thing today is man up. Go out there and do your job. You have to start with the man in the mirror because when you point one finger, you remember there's three pointing back at you. Actually, three fingers and a thumb. <laughs> Hollis, I got one for you real quick because I, yeah. I know I know you want to say man up, and that's that's what the story is this week. Come on, brother. It is Super Bowl week. I need a juicy Super Bowl week story from your time in Jacksonville. I, I yeah. need something I, I need agree. something oh. fun, man. Come on, let's go. Oh, oh, so you, you guys wanted the fun stuff. See, I saved that for the end. Well, getting down to uh getting down to Jacksonville that first that's, week. It's good because everybody fell asleep during that one. Yeah, don't get don't get angry. <laughs> only 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 you because you were angry because I said it. But as I was saying before, I was so abruptly interrupted. Uh, <laughs> we we get down there, and fortunate for me at the time, I was living in Houston and Philly uh, because of state tax thing. You know, whole 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 state tax thing. So apparently, the uh, one of the strip clubs. You knew it had something to do with strip clubs. Brought all the girl, all the ladies <laughs> from Houston, Texas, down to uh, down to Jacksonville, ja- Jacksonville, and uh, and rented out a spot so that we could go in there. And guess who was the man of the hour? <laughs> Your shocker, Hugh Douglas. <laughs> when he was with me, he was he was he was he was with me. <laughs> just remember, just remember. Who was staying where though? And, and it was like, and then um, actually, actually, the the other part was we went to we ended up going to this other spot afterwards, and we saw like uh, who was it? Uh, Stephen A. Smith and a bunch of those other random ESPN guys. Who that Lincoln Kennedy? Uh, I saw Lincoln Kennedy. He's he was giant, and Sean Salisbury steak. <laughs> oh, I love Sean Salisbury. He's yeah. great. And, and, and we were talking about earlier. We yesterday on Monday we were talking about uh, sex scandals. Uh, Sean Salisbury got fired from ESPN because of one. Well, <laughs> well, he's not the first at ESPN, and he certainly won't be the last. Unsolicited. This is correct. But that's what I have this week for. That's what I have this week for this day in history and what happened in Hollis history. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, everybody, it's time for another segment of Kick Ass or Jackass. Hollis, I understand you got something for us first. Yes, we're going to call this. Uh, we're going to call this Metgate, 
It's a, it's a, it's a, <laughs> because uh, the current California Angels pitching coach, Mickey Kelly, when he was the manager of the uh, Mets, apparently from 2000, I want to say 2010 until the end, there's five different occasions, not just one and not just one person. There's five different occasions where he said unsolicited, unsolicited, uh, Unsolicited pictures and explicit messages on one of the explicit it. messages. He yes. just got suspended by he just got suspended by the angels until they figure out what's happening. Do you think hey. it's uh, kick hey, ass brother, or jackass? It's all kick ass. We're all gonna say kick ass. And just so you know, if you get fired, we have a spot. We'll open on Green Legion <laughs> Radio for you. Go ahead, Sack. Yeah, the guy was only the manager for the Mets for two years. He was that awful. And if you notice a trend here, the general manager who just got fired there, Mickey Calloway, who used to be there, the apparently they, they're getting tips from Brett Favre in the Mets organization. Yeah, they are getting tips, aren't they? Hey, everybody, <laughs> start spreading the news. <laughs> I'm leaving today. They want to be a part of it. New York. New York. <laughs> yeah, and that was the only one I had because I knew everybody was kind of glossed over because of Super Bowl Sunday. Well, I appreciate that. Who's next? Uh, I am, and uh, I have playing hide-and-go-seek with Barrett Robbins the night and day of Super Bowl 37. <laughs> oh, I don't even know what that means. Oh, you would, would you like me to explain it to you? I Go would love house. it. He went on a bit of a cocaine binge the night before the the night before the game. Now say that too loud, cocaine binge. Uh, the night before the game, and he was uh, unable to be found till actually I think the morning of the game. The morning of the game. Oh, it was, it was right before the game. Yeah, it was and, like they had no idea where the hell he was. He just disappeared. And, and Lawrence Taylor was in his room. <laughs> Once again, drugs. On- <laughs> and that's, and that, that reminds me, kids. Don't do crack. <laughs> you should have told me that one, man. I'd have had that segment pulled up or that clip pulled up from the water, boy. I have to say jackass give you the magnitude of the game. I'm going with jackass as well. I'll go kick ass. That a boy. <laughs> all right, I've got a list, and it's all Super Bowl. So let's go through it. We're going to go uh, clockwise on the screen, you guys. Here we go. Eugene Robinson's Walter Payton Man of the Year Award celebration at the Super Bowl. Now, I'm going to need an explanation for this one. Me too. Oh, oh, well, so, well, Eugene Robinson of the Atlanta Falcons started safety, former Green Bay Packer, uh, who won his championship with them, won the Walter Payton of Man of the Year Award. Now, a couple of nights before the game in Miami, while his wife and kids sit up in the room, he got busted in a prostitution sting. <laughs> was Warren Sapp there? <laughs> I hate that. that. <laughs> I can't even stand him. Hey, Russ Taylor, exactly. That's why you don't go to the Playboy Super Bowl party. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'll keep the party theme going and go kick ass. <laughs> I'll say jackass, man. Your wife and kids are there. Yeah, I, I gotta say jackass because your wife and kid, and his, well, actually, his wife was hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with jackass because you obviously shouldn't have been married because you can't can't put can't keep your willy in your pants. That's it. That's it. Next one, 
Janet Jackson's Silver Sun nipple cover. Kick ass. Jackass. It should have never been there to begin with. <laughs> Kick ass. <laughs> changed my life. <laughs> yeah, but it changed your life, but it certainly put hers down the tubes. And unfortunately, her career went down the tubes after that, but it's still kick ass. I thought that was Nutty Professor, too, that put that put her career down. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> the Red Hot Chili Peppers lip syncing. Come on. You're supposed to be one of the best alternative bands of all time, and you're lip syncing. That is Jack ass. I've never understood the hype with Red Hot Chili Peppers. I still don't get it. So to me, it's all Jack ass. Uh, Jack ass. Uh, quit lip syncing. I want to. I want to hear you live, man. Exactly. Exactly. Live is the only way. And Red Hot Chili Peppers were iconic until then. And you know, it's the only stain they have on their record. It's 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 Jack ass. Uh, speaking of live performances at the Super Bowl. Freddie Mitchell's cameo appearance during Justin Timberlake's performance. He's like, where's Waldo? He's everywhere. I got to go kick ass for just being in every camera shot ever. <laughs> he would like to thank himself for being so great during that cameo spot. <laughs> He's a jackass. Freddie Mitchell is a jackass. <laughs> I got to say kick ass because I, I know how he had just he had just did something to my buddy Q. And and then he and then he was like, man, I hate that. And I, I know he's like, I hate that, Freddie. And he looks up on TV, and who's standing with Justin Timberlake, Freddie Mitchell? Unbelievable! <laughs> Everything Freddie Mitchell, jackass. David Tyree's helmet catch. I know Sack hates it, but it's one of the most iconic Super Bowl moments of all time. I gotta go kick ass. The most overrated Super Bowl moment of all time. It's so overplayed. It's so overdone. This guy made one damn catch, and he's revered forever. Jackass. Kickass. It put. It, it ended. Uh. It ended the uh, perfect season. <laughs> Other than the fact that it ended the perfect season, this is still a matchup between the Giants and the Patriots, and all of it has Eagles ties. Jackass. Uh, sitting next to Scott Norwood on the plane back from Super Bowl 25. I'm not trying to get spit on. Uh, jackass. <laughs> I haven't said kick-ass yet, but that would definitely be a fun spot to be because, man, <laughs> talk about awkward. <laughs> kick-ass. Awkward. Uh, I actually would like to enjoy the ride back home, so probably just like jackass to even sit next to him and just because you couldn't defend him. <laughs> That's it. Leon Letts fumble dance in Super Bowl 27. Kick ass. What an <laughs> idiot. <laughs> He's a cowboy, so jackass. <laughs> Complete and utter jackass. Uh, oh, my God. Who was what, who was the receiver that tracked him down? Dan Beebe. Dan Beebe. Don Beebe. Don Beebe. Yeah, I thought that was Beebe. That, uh, uh, you know what? I think you can answer both ways and 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 enjoy your response. Kick ass and jackass. This one's going to be a tough one. Left shark. I forget about that entire thing. It All wasn't right. like out of coordination or something with the whole thing. Yeah, team. okay. So Katy Perry has performed the Super Bowl it was either 2015 or 2016 and I mean the worst props I've ever seen for a Super Bowl performance whatsoever. The dumbest 
parochial, juvenile, stupid-ass uh, Katy Perry's tailoring to 12-year-olds when uh, – and, well, two sharks came out to dance next to her, and the left shark <laughs> – looks like looks like the left shark hit the three-foot binger before right before it came out <laughs> was, was not in any way shape or form paying attention to the choreography that was set up and literally just started making stuff up uh, on, on its own so there's the there's the there's the storyline kick ass or jackass i mean i got to say kick ass cuz it's the most memorable thing of that performance yeah exactly I, i'm going to say quimby's a jackass because he was studying the choreography while i couldn't get past Katy Perry's spice rack. So, jackass on you. <laughs> I I'm, I'm going to say kick ass. I thought you were going somewhere else, somewhere else with that. I thought he, I thought somebody, uh, I thought he was in class and somebody said, "Come and do this math problem." And he had a, uh, <laughs> had that awkward, awkward moment we have in the fourth <laughs> and fifth grade. <laughs> and finally, calling a slant pass at the one yard line when you have beast mode. Jack ass. Jack ass. Oh my god. Has Dan Bevel been back in Seattle ever since? I mean, like that is one of the all-time worst calls and the fact that Pete Carroll allowed that call to be made. Jack ass across the board. Jack ass and it's, it's Daryl Bevel and he was uh, he was there that next season, but then they then they let him go. <laughs> uh I'm going with Jack ass, Jack ass, Jack ass, Jack ass and Jackass. But anyway, you guys, when we come back, there is so much, so much information that we are going to give you here on Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports the Gambler, so that you can make an educated decision as to where you want to throw your money in three days. Uh, When I tell you we have dug into so many numbers, so much research, trends, patterns, performances it is it is about as diabolical uh, uh, an analyzed list as you're going to find anywhere in a 20 minute segment and we're going to hit that all when we come back from break everybody green legion radio fox sports the gambler 102.5 fm philadelphia brought to you by bud light we'll be back right after All right, everybody, Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. Boys, I think it's time we start telling everybody where they should be throwing their money and what they can expect from Super Bowl Sunday. And uh, We've all done this research together and, uh, and, and, and looked at it, and it's, it's kind of – there's a lot of stuff, and it, it, it points to Kansas City uh, in, in almost every arena – but at the same time, usually every time all arrows point in the in one direction, something goes awry. And, and I'll be honest with you, right now, we're talking about a Super Bowl that I'm I'm just not excited about. Most of the Super Bowls that we've seen over the last ten years. Or, or even more, ever since we were there in 2004 five, there there's some sort of tie. You know, can we not have an Andy Reid in the in the damn Super Bowl? Can we not have 
a Tom Brady. I mean, we all know Super Sam loves Tom Brady and wants him, you know, in the limelight all the time. And once you get a taste of winning a Super Bowl, which we did three years ago, you know, when you're when you're not back there, I don't I don't know about you guys, but I've been trying to find uh, a holistic way or some synthetic drug or a certain alcohol that makes me achieve some sort of blissful ambivalence so that I could just not care and enjoy uh, uh, the Super Bowl. And, and I haven't found it. I haven't found it at all. Zach. For as much as people despise and hate Tom Brady, okay, the man has been to nine Super Bowls. And really, if you look at all nine of them, there was only one clunker to where the game was not entertaining one iota from start to finish. And that was two years ago against the Rams in the 14-3 to where they scored a touchdown with like seven minutes left. I thought it was 10-3. to it was that was a fourteen to three final or thirteen to three. It was a thirteen 13. to three. Yeah, thirteen, 13 to three. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but listen, you you look at you look at the the general history of Super Bowls with Tom Brady being involved, and they're all exciting. So I look at this Super Bowl right here. You have the proverbial goat, the greatest of all time, in Tom Brady, and you have the guy that everybody's already lamenting right now as being the next goat. In Patrick Mahomes. This is like having Michael Jordan versus LeBron James in an NBA Finals, and you get it on one day, and this is gonna be this is gonna be special, man. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And if you can't find excitement in that, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, let's cut the crap, King. <laughs> hell out of here with that. Tom Brady will never be the GOAT. You can't be the GOAT with cheating scandals attached to your damn name. Point blank. They gotta they have a rule to protect you. Because you're soft and you're a pansy, that's that's not that's not being the goat. The goat the goat is being a warrior, like a like a for every everybody overpasses uh skips over Terry Bradshaw, like a like a 15 year defensive tackle in the NFL. Hey, well, well, thank you, and I appreciate it, but I, I wasn't speaking of myself. I was speaking of guys like Terry Bradshaw, who called his own plays, and everybody talks about the steel curtain. But the, in, the, in the Super Bowl, but the steel curtain, what was the steel curtain that when the score was 31 to 35? I'll tell you, Terry Bradshaw not only called his own plays. There was no roughing the passer. There, there was no, there was no once. There, there was none of that crap. And, and then it, it, it's, it's just like, and to titillate that he's a ghost and he's got cheating scandals matched to his name. One in particular that goes to him, to you that is, because I don't, and, and this is cliche. You've never played point blank. It's like so. You, it's like you can say that. All you want to, but in the realm, but in, in the realm, in the realm of in the realm of being around all this stuff, that's that's a lot. It's, he has two cheating scandals that they got away with, and if you if you go look at the first one, the Spygate one, and realize he's only won the Super Bowls by three points or less, it lets you know that everything that they did to cheat helped them out. Hollis, just real quick, uh, what's a what's a bigger violation, in your opinion? Uh, Terry Bradshaw being naked in his naked room and failure to launch, or uh, Tom Brady wearing Uggs? Probably, probably both of them. <laughs> both of them. <laughs> or the Tostitos, or the Tostitos underwear that Terry Bradshaw has on in a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Hey, let's uh, let's focus, right? Because we've got a lot of information. I'm going to go over some stuff that we researched. Just we're going to talk about it. Slash, want your input on the input on this as well. All right, this game will mark the 14th time in Super Bowl history 
that we'd be getting a rematch from the regular season. And if the first 13 games are any indication, the Chiefs could be in trouble, but only by a little bit. Back in Week 12, the Chiefs beat the Buccaneers 27-24, which is notable because the team that won the regular season game has gone 6-7 and seven in the Super Bowl rematch. Not, you know, not a huge difference, but it still swayed in favor of, of, of Tampa on this one. Also, no AFC team has ever beaten an NFC team twice in one season. Mark that one. All right. Good one. That is a good one. All right. That is a real good one and strong. Everybody, I'm telling you, keep listening. We have facts. These aren't opinions. We're not going to tell you how you should bet. All right. Three and a half and 56 and a half. Those are the lines right now. All right. We're not telling you how you should bet. We're just telling you facts. And here's some more. That being said, the home field advantage may not help the Bucks at all. Matter of fact, they should be pushing to have this game played in Kansas City because that's the only place where Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs seem to be beatable. Mahomes is 21-4 and on the road in his career, and you can't pin those road losses on him because in those games, the Chiefs averaged 38.5 points. The Chiefs went 8-0 and on the road this season. Even if you want to use COVID as an excuse here, it is at the very least evident that travel and time zone changes do not affect the Kansas City team in any way, shape, or form. All right. Also, if you're going to stop the Chiefs, you're going to have to stop the passing game. And right now, you have an uh, uh, you have uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. is dealing with an ankle injury, and Jordan Whitehead is dealing with a shoulder issue. All right. It. There, there's the first two or, or first few facts I'm going to give. House, add in, let loose. Go ahead. What do you got about the run game? Do it. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Now, now you want the run game. <laughs> well, the 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 run game plays off, off the pass game. It makes it it makes it easy for those guys to pass, especially when you don't have when you have to double team both Travis Kelsey and and number ten. I'll call him Lightning. <laughs> when you have to double team those guys, you can only put so many guys in the box, which makes their run game, which makes them go. The run game makes them go, and it makes you, it makes you, it makes people okay. go ahead. Now I'm going to interrupt you just because. All right, do you know what your Kansas City first running backs over under on total yards is? What's that? 30, 30 and a half, I think. Twenty six. Twenty six. Oh wow. Uh, Edward Solaire, uh, uh, hold on, I have it here. Yep, is set at twenty six and a half over under over. for rushing yards. I take Jack, over that, oh. and that's and that's going to be tough for him to get there because they're going to be without both of their starting tackles, and they may be without their uh, their starting center who got stopped mid haircut. Because uh, the the person giving the haircut had tested positive for COVID, and right now he's on the COVID list along with wide receiver Denard Robinson. They're having problems. They are yeah. having problems. They well, are. That was his, well, that was his that was his back that was the backup center uh, who you're speaking of, and uh, also when, when you look at it too, when you when you get the younger offensive lineman in there, they want to run the ball, which gets which gets everything out. But but go ahead. What's the next thing you have? 
All right, next. I'm going on. All right, just go with me and stick with what we're talking about here because we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna lose our focus here and we want to get through some of this. Let's talk about what the Bucks have going for them. All right, besides four of the best receivers in the league and two minute Tom, which Sam really likes two minute Tom. We know that. All right, Eric Fisher, Mahomes' blindside tackle towards Achilles in the AFC Championship game. That's a problem. Right, I wanted to get that out. Uh, while you guys were talking about the offensive line, that's a big deal, you would think. However, even if Shaq Barrett and the rest of the formidable front seven for Tampa Bay's defense gains an edge here, Mahomes seems to respond with greatness in the face of pressure. He's got a PFF grade of 77.9. That's first in the league. 58 big-time throws, which is now a category, first place. 30 touchdowns, second place. All right? This is all under pressure. These are big numbers. Tank, when you as a defensive lineman, and I know you didn't go up against a blindside tackle very often in your career if at all, ever, but when you hear about somebody like Eric Fisher going down, do you guys salivate? Does that... Does that give you? Did that give you a mental edge at all? Uh, it, you know what? It's uh, in the first part of the game. If uh, you go out there and you see who they put out there, because sometimes the guy who they put out there is a little bit rougher than the starter, and <laughs> sometimes you go out there, and if it's a younger guy, you may you may be able to rattle him. And the thing that uh, we will, that Jim liked to do was he used to like to run games to see if they could pick up the games because the continuity of of, uh, of the of the starters is different than when you put the backup in. So we, when I say games, that's like the TE stunts and the ET stunts because they, they, they want, they'll be so explain, concentrated. Explain to people what that is. Well, a, T, a TE stunt is the tackle goes first and then the end comes loops around. Uh, what happens is, as a, as a defensive tackle, I try to hit the uh, the offensive tackle in the, in the ear hole and get and kind of like get on his back, and so when he goes to when he goes to try to chase the defensive end, he's already pinned, and then I just come, I just I just shoot up field, and I, I have contained. But the but the end loops around to the inside, and he's normally one on one or 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 by himself. See what I what I'm looking at here. I think that's the biggest matchup of the game right there. Is the is the defensive line of the Buccaneers versus the offensive line of the Chiefs? You're giving those great numbers about Pat Mahomes, Quimby, and I understand them. But when you're missing both your tackles, and you're looking at the fact that you got Jason Pierre-Paul coming off of one edge, and you got Shaq Barrett coming off the other, and up the middle you got Nadamakan Sue. Man, that right there, they are salivating. And you saw what JPP just did against a backup left tackle with the Green Bay Packers because Bakhtiari wasn't there. They're all pro left tackle. It's going to be a problem for Mahomes, especially with the turf toe. He needs to be able to move, and Kelsey and Hill have to get open quick. And that being said... All right, you 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 segued into something that we are going to discuss here. All right, if anybody has ever uh, uh, created a formula for beating Tom Brady, it's to knock him on his ass four or five times during the course of uh, of a game. I'm not so worried about Patrick Mahomes because, as opposed to Tom Brady, he can actually move, even with the turf toe. Even with the turf toe, he's hands down better than any other quarterback in the league as far as pressure goes and getting around. We're going to get to that in just a second, but Hollis, I think you want to add something. Yeah, I just wanted to add a little bit of the uh, 
the one thing that I, uh, you, you're probably going to say something about this later on, but the one thing that uh, somebody and just don't really, say it. Well, no, somebody just no, not. I'm not going to say the part that I was going to say. I'm just going to say, and, yeah, and we've already touched on it. Patrick Mahomes has the uncanny ability to slide away from the rush for some odd reason, and to and to make guys miss. And the thing, the other thing that he does is he keeps his eyes downfield. Now, the other part is the the uh, the offensive, the defensive line of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're great at running stunts. That's why I brought that up. Okay, so basically. Patrick Mahomes is good under pressure, which is exactly what I just said. Does that help you sleep easy? Okay, good. (laughs) All right, I'm going to bring up one more topic before we take our next break because this is a big one, and nobody is considering this. Everybody's looking and analyzing statistics of players. I'm going to analyze a statistic for a defensive coordinator. Steve Spagnola. Defensive coordinator for Kansas City is 3-2 and two against Tom Brady. And those two losses have a margin of victory of four total points. He's 9-2 and two for the Chiefs as uh, defense quarter, uh, coordinator in, uh, in the playoffs. And the trick here, beat up Tom Brady. Beat up Tom Brady. And I think if anybody's going to create a defensive scheme that can shut him down. And let's be honest, and we're going to get to this when we come back from break, Brady hasn't been powerful in the fourth quarter in any way, shape, or form during these playoffs. Gave up the ball three times, three straight possessions, three interceptions. House, you want to add anything? we got about a minute before we go to break. Five to- five total interceptions in both playoff games. It's, it's a little crazy, right? That's not Tom-esque. And, and I think we're going to find out more about how Tom Brady can hurt Tom Brady when we come back from break. Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. We'll be back when we destroy Tom Brady on air right after this. <laughs> All right, everybody. Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. Coming back here at the top, uh, well, no, uh, our, our last break before, or our last segment before the top of the hour. I know I can get it in. I didn't eat today, and I already started drinking, everybody. Yes, that's what we do here on this show. Everybody have a drink? There yes, it is. sir. Uh, yes, uh, Gatorade. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Tank, for being the only one in uh, the Philadelphia area that has accessibility to Bud Light and having one capable and ready. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I'm uh, sorry. I'm on blood thinners, so. No, well, have an empty can, bro. Pretend. <laughs> okay. Nobody will remember next week. <laughs> 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 All right. Look, here we go. All right. Sam, I'm going to let you back in on this segment because this is a how Tom Brady can hurt Tom Brady segment. And I think you're going to want to hear it. Uh, this is as much information as I can gather about what might hurt Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in this Super Bowl, aside the fact that Kansas City on paper and in real life, let's be honest, they're the better team. That's why they're three-and-a-half-point favorites. All right? <clears throat> and they're three-and-a-half-point favorites in Tampa. All right? They're, you know, the Bucks are a home dog. If this game was anywhere else, I bet this is four and a half or five. Uh, I guarantee it. So here we go. This is it. it 
This is great information. Again, <clears throat> everybody, we're not telling you where to put your money. We're just telling you all the facts that you can have available to you so you can determine where you want to throw it. Tom Brady can hurt Tom Brady. You ready for this? First of all, in all nine or all of his previous uh, Super Bowl appearances, Tom Brady has never thrown a touchdown in the first quarter. Not once. Sack, weigh in on that for just a second. Well, I mean, like I said, it's, uh, with with those Super Bowls, it was all how they end it. It's it's like you know, if you if you reflect back on the on the Panthers Super Bowl, like everybody thought that was the worst Super Bowl of all time at halftime, and then all of a sudden the floodgates opened up in the second half. Really, in reality, it's just the two teams feeling out one another. And and I I think if you look back on Super Bowl history, in a lot of ways, the first quarter isn't a high scoring quarter. Interesting how you said floodgates. Gates. <laughs> <laughs> Keyword there. Tank, that wasn't what I was looking for. Maybe you might hit on it. If you don't hit it on hit on it, I'm gonna ask slash. Because mm. I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking for something with that particular statistic that might p- bode well for the Chiefs. Besides the fact that Brady hasn't thrown a touchdown in the first quarter of any Super Bowl he's played it. Well, the thing that I that I've noticed in this year, amongst other years, is he doesn't have the ability to uh to cheat any longer to do the spygate thing. So that would explain some of his uh some of his success in the second half. Now, <laughs> now this year, but well, well, this year, but well, this year he's thrown more picks in the second half. <laughs> yeah. Slash, slash. Uh, I mean, yeah, Brady's always slow at getting a start. Like Sack said, it's kind of like a chess move. Okay, I think right. the problem nobody, is nobody's getting, it, nobody's getting it. Nobody's getting it. All right. This is the Kansas City Chiefs. This is one of the most potent offenses that ever set foot. That's literally what I was just going to say. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say they have such a <laughs> d- dynamic offense that if they get down 14 nothing, there's no there's no hitting the brakes. That's They're just going to keep going and going. And, I am so sorry, bro. I am so sorry. For no, you're, you're, you're absolutely all right. And, and, and I was going to say earlier, the reason they're so dynamic, going back to the offensive line, they do so much misdirection because their team's so fast that Mahomes is going to be out of the pocket like that. So that's why yeah. I'm not worried about the tackles, but I am worried about Brady getting a slow start. Here's some very interesting statistics now. Let's assume for a moment that history repeats itself. And... The Kansas City Chiefs go up. This means the running game for Tampa. Leonard Fournette is, is taking uh, uh, the, the the starting role uh, for the last since probably what mid November uh, uh, for this team. All right, Tom has thrown the deep ball very well this year. All right. 36 receptions of over 20 yards to lead the league in that category. However, he has also thrown nine interceptions with the deep ball to lead the league in that category this year. Interesting, interesting dynamic there. And I'm going to throw uh, uh, two more elements out here. And then I want to go to sack and I want to go to tank and I want to go to slash. The Chiefs have led the league with eight interceptions of passes for more than 20 yards. And they also held quarterbacks 
to a 63.6 passer rating for balls over 20 yards. And to put that into perspective, the league average in 2020 was 94.9. Right? Interesting. Sack, weigh in, please, brother. I enjoy all these statistics, but I look at it like this, brother. Once you get into the Super Bowl and you get into the playoffs, everything changes and your and your dynamics change. And and I, I look at you can't look any further back than the AFC championship game. Okay. The Bills had the number one red zone offense all season long. And the and the Chiefs had the thirty second ranked red zone defense all all year long. And then all of a sudden you get into a game and the matchups change and what happened? The red zone offense went the crap for the for the Bills, and the red zone defense showed up for the Chiefs. Everything goes out the window once you get to the Super Bowl. Everything changes. Uh, not 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 a fair uh, uh, assessment. Although I agree with you, uh, but I would not use deer in the headlights all playoffs. Josh Allen, sorry slash, as an example here, he did not look comfortable the entire playoff run. In any way, shape, or form, Tank and I have talked about this a number of times. Did not look comfortable. Wasn't comfortable. And and that potent Buffalo Bills offense that averaged uh, 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 twenty uh, seven or, or no, excuse me, twenty eight and a half points a game uh, managed to average twenty two point six during the playoff run, including only seventeen. Now, Baltimore, obviously the most formidable defense that. Josh Allen went up against, but I and and Tom Brady is not Josh Allen. We know that, okay. And I agree with you, but you have to you have to consider all the elements here and and history and an aging quarterback could play a role in this sack. Continue, please. No, I I know you're also looking at the line and you're asking why the Chiefs are three point favorites. They're in Tampa, but they're the home team. In Tampa, and I guarantee you that there will be more Chiefs fans in the stands than Bucks fans on Sunday. Tank. Uh, well, when you look at when you look at it, I look at it like this: the off the uh, the Tampa Bay offensive line uh, has been makeshift the entire year. The, that's the Chiefs took advantage of that last time, and once you hit Tom early and often, he's going to throw you the ball. That's what I look for them to do, especially if he gets if he gets a slow start. It's a, it's really a done dizzle. If he gets a slow start, he gets behind with these guys. They you you, you pretty much hang it up because there's no coming back because they're not going to take their foot off the throttle. But and it's and it and it's and it's one is one other element too. Their line was very undisciplined in getting extracurricular penalties, the fifteen yard penalties, and I don't think that they've gotten away from that period. Because the guy, still, the guy, the guy who I'm speaking of is the center. He's the leader, and he's going to come down. I know he's going. He can't get right. All I can say is can't get right. Slash. Yeah, and then yeah, I was just going to add, Brady could bore you to death with short passes and long methodical drives, but again, if the Chiefs get up big. I mean, you better score touchdowns on those drives. If you can't go five, six-minute drives and, and get field goals. Otherwise, you're in trouble. We're not getting into prop bets just yet, but I have to throw one out there right now because yeah. it's completely uh, relevant in, in this particular conversation. Tom Brady never thrown a touchdown in the first quarter of any Super Bowl appearances. And the over-under for the amount of points scored by the Patriots for the first quarter is six and a half. 
Interesting number. Interesting number. You say if Patriots? You, I'm, I'm sorry, the Bucks. Did I say okay, Patriots? Uh, yeah, I think you did. The over-under for total points scored for the Bucks in the first quarter is six and a half. And Tom Brady's never thrown a touchdown in the first quarter of a Super Bowl. Interesting statistic. Interesting statistic. What do we got, Slash? About a minute? Yeah, we can wrap it up here. All right, you know what? Let's do that. I've got four other points to bring up on this particular game, not prop bets, when we come back at the top of the hour. And as soon as we get through that, we've got a sack attack, baby. And guess what else we have? We have a shut-up Diaz without him in studio today. Yay! That means we don't have to listen to him argue about how good Ben Simmons was as a first pick. And we had to bring up that argument last night because that was absurd. (laughs) Completely absurd. You guys, this is going to be a short break, less than three minutes. Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports The Gambler, 102.5 FM Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. More to come and more ways to spend your money when we get back right after. Everybody, Green uh, Legion Radio, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia. If you guys haven't seen uh, on Facebook Live, got a couple of my buddies here uh, in studio, in our Costa Rica studio, which is here uh, on the balcony. My good friend Eros, there he is. And Calise raiding my refrigerator again right now. Uh, These are my two boys down here, of course, uh, uh, Jay and Denise and Wayne Gall next door are, are, are very close friends of mine. Uh, they might be joining us for a prop bet show here before the uh, before the weekend starts. But uh, happy happy as hell to to be amongst friends here when I'm so far away from my my other friends. And I, I miss you guys, man. I do miss uh, the studio shows. And uh, uh, but uh, thanks to Diaz and the Streamyard thing, it, it it seems to be working out pretty well. And as long as that's the case, you know we're gonna we're gonna continue to do it. So appreciate you guys putting up with the technical difficulties that we've had over the last few weeks and the sound quality might not have been as great, but we're, uh, we're, we're, we're fine tuning it every week and, and enjoying the hell out of, uh, well, I'm enjoying the hell out of being in 90 degrees today. What were you guys doing? Still shoveling, huh? Thanks, Dick Tracy. About it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my workout for the year. <laughs> for the year. Well, that's awesome. All right, everybody. We have four more elements with Super Bowl Sunday's game that we want to talk about before we get into a sack attack. And again, no Diaz to argue. Excellent. It's going to be a fun show. Praise yes. the Lord. Yeah, there he is. Zach couldn't be any happier about this. But let's get into it because, again, we're not telling you how to spend your money. We're just giving you all the information so you can make your decision. Next statistic, and we've heard it all before, it's the old Andy Reid adage about coming off a bye week. This is a bye week. He has two weeks preparation, and Andy Reid is 26-5 and five over his 22-year career after a bye week. Sane numbers, everybody. I don't like him. I hate how he left the city. I hate the shambles he left it in. However... Andy Reid, 26-5 and five after coming off a of bye week. 
And the only other impressive after a bye week statistic that we can talk about is Patrick Mahomes. He's seven and zero after a bye week in his career, and the Chiefs have averaged thirty five point seven points per game with Patrick Mahomes as quarterback coming off a bye week. Big numbers, people. Big, big numbers. Tank, you played with Andy Reid for 10 years coming off a bye week. What does he do that's different than other head coaches or preparation that's taking place in that two-week break? I would love your take on this one. I think I think the main part is uh I think you see it in his I don't know if you've ever watched him do an interview when it's off the cuff, how it's like bland and it's like the time is yours and he just gives you like little little stuff. But when he prepares for an interview, it's like pow, 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 pow. So basically what, what ends up happening is they take they're able to take a bunch of different scenarios and uh and and actually get them in. And, and watch a lot, a lot more film, and they, it's a lot more planning and a lot more give and take. Because it's like um, the the one thing that I do I do know is coming back. It's a lot more, a lot more plays that are added, and then they and then they throw away some of them, and then they simplify a lot of things too. And it gives them a chance to recharge his batteries. I think the main thing is him recharging his batteries and being able to clear his mind and not having all of us there worrying about all of us being there. And not having to practice and the coaches being able to get together and like spitball a bunch of stuff. Because what I did learn, I did learn from uh, Tom Brazier was when they get alone and they get into a room, everybody comes, every, they're able to listen to everybody's ideas. Whereas during the season, you're not able to listen to everybody's ideas and, 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 and you, you may miss some things. Sackmaster on you. See, I just look at it like you know, Hollis had the benefit of playing for Coach Reed and, and we had the benefit of watching Coach Reed. And the, you wow, know, you still call him Coach Reed. Listen, man. You know, we we he he brought us a lot of great memories. Yes, there was there was a lot of stuff that he did that ticked us off. But at the end of the day, like that was a great run of Eagles football. I mean, five NFC Championship games in eight years. It was a lot of fun, man. And we we look back on it. You're salivating just to get back to that point now after a four eleven and one season. But but the guy, no, 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 real quick. You know what I would equate that to? All right, Uh, dry humping. (laughs) <laughs> that's what it is dry humping with the prom queen all right you can only take so much rug burn before you just go ow ow Sorry. Ew. Ew. i'm noticing a theme today i brought up the prom queen earlier when we were talking to sam but uh, uh-huh. oh, yeah. but I, but I'll, I'll take it like this when you when you look at that and you project those numbers out and you talk highly about what Pat Mahomes does after a bye week and what Andy Reid does after a bye week that's a great quarterback and that's a great coach that know how to take advantage of the extra time given to them for them to be able to prepare for their next opponent and that's that's a special thing right there slash oh no Q you had something to say I I, I do um and this is where I want to ask the question about uh, the Bucks head coach. Does this hurt them, even though uh, he's giving Tom Brady free reign in the huddle? And Tom Brady is obviously more experienced in this. So, you know, uh, and Slash, we'll let you weigh in on this first. And then Hollis, I definitely want your, uh, your take uh, uh, on everything here. Does, does, 
does not having Belichick in the Super Bowl affect Tom Brady? I don't think so. Well, first of all, I just looked it up, and Arians actually does have a winning record off the bye. He's like 5-2 and two or something. Don't know what that means, but just putting it in your heads. I think Brady's going to take the reins on the on the offense when it comes to the Super Bowl. Arians is going to come in with a game plan, but ultimately Brady has the power, and it's proven from this year he has the power to do whatever he wants to do on this offense. Uh, well, I, I think I think it's going to be a. I think it's everybody's forgetting about Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich has played in a bunch of games, and he's been a he's lefty. Been a, Lefty, he's been and he's been an offensive coordinator for a little bit. I think what I think what they're what they're starting to do is they're starting to listen to a lot of the throws that Tom Brady Tom Brady is enjoying. And if you if you notice, the offense started to get better after that bye week when they had a chance to give him the playbook and let him go in and figure out the plays that he likes more. And also, if you look if you look at it too, Tom Brady's knowing when to run now instead of instead of trying to throw into because co- sometimes they have all those guys covered up covered up and there's coverages that they try to trick they try to trick him into throwing into instead of running a rock down their throat. Yeah, Bruce Arians is a good head coach and he's worked with some good quarterbacks, but he's he has the ability right now. He's been able to give the offense right over to Tom Brady. I mean, you look at it. I mean, yeah, this team last year went seven and nine. This year where they went eleven and five. But the difference was the fact that the quarterback didn't turn the ball over over 30 times. I mean, Winston had 5,000 yards passing and over 30 yard, 30 touchdown passes, but he also threw 30 interceptions. Uh, Tom was able to keep that down this year. I think he only had 12 interceptions during the course of the regular season. Um, Arians has given him full reign, has allowed him to take care of what he wants. And if you notice, like, he he knows exactly what plays he wants to use with Godwin, the ones that he wants to use with Evans. He's going to get Antonio Brown back. And then the tight ends, he really works well. I mean, Gronk, Gronk and uh, Cameron Brait. And then Leonard Fournette, keep an eye on that, on his right-hand side. Brady loves to dump the ball off to Leonard Fournette on the right-hand side. By the way, Frankie Callahan, I got to bring you up, man. You are commandeering this chat room right now. Uh, I have no idea. I'm catching bits and pieces Brother, we're not telling you how to bet. We're just giving you statistics. All right. We're giving you season long statistics and historical statistics. I don't want to tell you how to spend your money. And I couldn't give one crap about you giving me any money for good information. Take what we give you, do your own research, and make your own decision. You're a big boy. And on that note, I'm going to give you one other statistic before we get into prop it up after a sack attack, because there is a sack attack coming. The Chiefs have averaged 33.3 points per game when playing a team for the second time that year. Another interesting statistic. Yeah, thank you. We get it. There's no hatred here, bro. We love you. We appreciate you being in here. We love anybody that wants to talk as much as we do. And on that note, I'm going to give you one final statistic, which shouldn't have any bearing whatsoever on your decisions for Sunday. And then I'm throwing it immediately to sack. The Chiefs have a chance to be the first repeat Super Bowl champions in 16 years. Do you know who the last team to do it was? I could take a guess. New England Patriots. Against who? Us, the Eagles, the Birds. That's it. Andy Reid and the Birds. That's it. That's it. (laughs) There's your statistics for the game alone. We're going to get into prop bets in just a moment. But first... It's time for our sack attack. 
Go ahead, Zach. Listen, man, I'm still riding off the wave and the high from last week with JT Realmuta coming back. And listen, as much as I want it, Sir DD to, to, you know, to have a one year deal. Listen, we improved our offense. Only four teams in baseball scored more runs than us last year. Uh, I feel like the bullpen is getting a little bit better. The Phillies picked up a few pitches the other day. Hector Rondon is one guy that you need to keep an eye out that can add some depth to this bullpen, uh, to go along with Archie Bradley, who should be our closer this year, which puts Hector Neris back in a more comfortable role in the eighth inning, uh, which is where I've been wanting him for a few years. Uh, but my, my annoyance, Lies with Major League Baseball and the Players Association here. Over the uh, well, it's never happened before. I mean, let's just go back and let's check all of our old archives from last summer. I am so sick and tired of you guys going back and forth through the media. Why can't you guys just negotiate? behind closed doors, and keep it to yourselves. I don't need statements from Major League Baseball saying, this is what we offered. This is what Major League Baseball did offer. 154-game season with full pay. They would pay you for 162 games, even though you only played 154. 154 there, players, okay? So delayed like, by a month. It's like airing your relationship issues on social media. Oh, my God. Nobody cares. Nobody <laughs> cares. Like, seriously. It would be it would be delayed by a month. So instead of starting on April first, they would start on April 29th. Okay, offer would include expanded playoffs and a universal DH. I don't know about you guys. I enjoyed both last year. I love the fact that we had more playoff baseball. I love the fact that I didn't have to watch a pitcher hit. Now that's not saying that I uh, that I really want that over the long haul. But hell. If that's what it takes to get baseball, I'll be happy with it. But let, lo and behold, the Players Association decides to reject the offer. And the reason why baseball wanted to delay it by a month is because they're listening to CDC guidelines. They're listening to what the health experts are saying. And, this, and the more you delay back by a month, the more likelihood that by the time you get to April 29th, more people are vaccinated, more people can get into the ballparks, and you can get fans back into the stands. But this is something that ticks me off. After the MLB Players Association decided to decline this offer, this line right here is something that completely pisses me off. In light of MLBPA's rejection of our proposal and their refusal to counter offer, counter our revised offer this afternoon, we are moving forward and instructing our clubs to report for an on-time start to spring training and the championship season, subject to reaching an agreement on health and safety protocols. Why the hell did I need three paragraphs before that? All I needed you to do was say, we're starting the season on time, which Jeff Passan, who's a big-time baseball writer for ESPN, he went ahead and said that Major League Baseball uh, camps will open on February 17th. Opening day is scheduled for April 1st, and we'll see how this, how this stuff goes, guys. But I am, like I said, I am done with baseball and their stupidity. I'm not done with the Phillies. I love the fact that, you know, obviously the Phillies, people want to say the Phillies are cheap. Guess who has spent the second most money in baseball this offseason? Besides the Toronto Blue Jays. The Phillies are number one, or number two behind the Blue Jays. So I'm sorry. Blue Jays. <laughs> did I say the Blue Jays? Yeah, I did. I'm blowing, I'm blowing, funny, I'm blowing yeah, plenty of steam right here. Slash, you've got to pull that sound like from here on out. That. Absolutely not. There is no seven twenty three. No, no. I'm saying you got to cut that so we can drop it in there. Absolutely, you know. absolutely. Splash. <laughs> if you remove that, you're fired. <laughs> no, don't. The Blue Jays, you're fired. 
Well, the, you know, they could still be the Blow Jays in the back of my mind because I still hate them for 1993. Uh, Joe, Carter, Joe Carter, you can go to hell. But I'll tell you what, guys. If Major League Baseball and the Players Association continue to do this in public negotiation tactics between one another, they will continue to drive fans of this game away because we are sick and tired of your crap. Agreed, brother. Agreed. All right, man. We appreciate that. Uh, Everybody agrees. Ben Simmons, still a bad first overall pick. Yeah, so far, good. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So far, no no, no, no lies there. Yes. Yes. Can you weigh in on for us? Ah, uh, okay, good. Ben Simmons, bad what's overall. That? Wait, what's that, Diaz? The yeah, process wait. failed? Wait. Oh, my God. I got to uh-huh. cut that for a promo. I'll tell you yeah. what. Diaz has never sounded so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, now it's freaking go time. Now it's fun time. Let's prop it up, baby. Do I have to go? Time to go pee. Up. All right. You guys, again, one more time, just – Giving you information. You can do with it as you wish. Here's the deal. If this game is an offensive juggernaut in the history of Super Bowl, uh, uh, in the history of the Super Bowl, all right, then you're going to like some of these picks. If you're an under guy, yeah, I don't know, probably not so much. But there are unders in here, and we're going to go over them. As a matter of fact, it's probably 40 to 60. Now, in prop bet History, unders hit 60% of the time, all right? That is one thing that you have to keep in mind. 60% of the time, unders hit. Now, here we go. Wide receiver Tyreek Hill. We knew this guy was coming in to, uh, to, uh, to the equation at some point. Over 89.5 receiving yards. In Kansas City's Week 12 victory over Tampa Bay, Hill hauled in 13 receptions for 269 yards and three touchdowns. He also finished with at least 110 receiving yards in his last two games, playoff games. All right? Take that information. Do with it as you will. Tyreek Hill, over 89.5 yards. Great prop bet. Here's an interesting one, and I kind of like to stick to prop bets that are, you know, plus 110, plus 120, minus 130, you know, not getting over that that 130, 135 mark, whether it's plus or, or, or minus. But here's a plus 275 bet for you. Buccaneers tight end Cameron Brait to score a touchdown at plus 275. Brait hauled in a touchdown reception against the Packers in the NFC Championship game and has recorded at least three catches in every game in the 2021 NFL playoffs. He's facing a Chiefs defense that has allowed 10 touchdowns to tight ends this season. Brait had five targets to Gronk's one in the NFC Championship game, scoring on an eight-yard catch that turned out to be the game winner. Brait also had six targets when the bus, uh, the Bucks hosted the Chiefs on November 29th. I take Cameron Brait plus 275 to score a touchdown. I love that one. But as is everybody's 
mindset right now. We want to know about Patrick Mahomes and his prop bets. So I have five of them for you. Patrick Mahomes passing yards over 329.5 at minus 120. 329.5. Again, this is an over. Mahomes is going to throw it a ton Sunday night. We all know this. He hasn't attempted fewer than 30 passes since week seven and has topped 318 yards passing in seven of his last 10 games. His passing totals have been lower in the postseason, throwing for at least 300 yards only twice in seven games. But this is a, this is a good matchup for him with a banged-up secondary for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In Week 12 against the Bucs, Mahomes threw for 462 yards and three touchdowns. He's going to eclipse 330 yards in the Super Bowl, bang the over at minus 120. That is the only one that I really feel confident about. All right. Outside of that, again, I'm going to be very neutral. Patrick Mahomes passing touchdowns under 2.5 at plus 110, where I think he's going to throw the ball a lot. I don't think he's going to be throwing a lot of touchdowns. It seems foolish to bet that Mahomes will finish with fewer than three touchdown passes against a team that he shredded earlier this season. However, he only had three plus touchdown passes in 17 of, uh, in seven of 17 games this season. Listen to that one again. He only had three-plus touchdown passes in seven of his 17 games played this season. It's a very interesting statistic right there. I like the value that comes with betting the under here, plus 110, because although Mahomes will put up big yardage numbers, he could have touchdown poached by the Chiefs running game. Or he could rush one in himself. Keep that in mind. Patrick Mahomes, interceptions, 0.5 is the line. I'm going with the over at plus 145. I know I told you guys I don't like going past about the 130 mark, but Mahomes only has two career interceptions in the postseason. Now, we're not talking about a Patrick Mahomes that might throw a bad pass, something that gets read by the defense. We're talking about a, a, a very opportunistic Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Talking about a deflection. We're talking about pressure. We're talking about anything that can cause one, one interception by Patrick Mahomes in this Super Bowl. Uh, both of his interceptions, uh, uh, excuse me, Mahomes has two career interceptions in the postseason. Both were in last year's Super Bowl. Interesting, interesting statistic. His interception rate the last two seasons was 1.0 leading the NFL in 2020, but the Bucs cornerbacks have good hands, even though they're banged up. And if Mahomes makes one mistake, this bet hits. Take the over. The Bucks defense is going to be aggressive. And after all, no one's perfect. That's what I'm thinking right here. You guys, many more prop bets on our next segment here. Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. We will be back right after this. All right, everybody. Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. 
We are back. This is our second to last segment. Before, well, I don't know how much we're going to get off our chest today. I got mine off my chest earlier when I talked about how not having a Super Bowl or watching the Eagles in a Super Bowl is just anticlimactic for me in, in every way, shape, or form. But we still have some prop bets to get to. Fellas, do you mind if I keep going? Yeah, why not? All right, all right. Uh, two more Patrick Mahomes prop bets. Then we have some Leonard Fournette, uh, some uh, 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 Edwards Hilaire. Is that how you say his last name? I don't even know. Yes. Yeah. All right, good. And uh, and then, of course, we have some, some two-minute Toms, which Sam could only hope if she ever gets with him that he's two-minute Tom. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, longest completion, 39 and a half yards, minus 115. This one suggests that it has a pretty good opportunity to go over, and I take the over again on this one. The Chiefs are as good as any team at creating big plays. Since November, Mahomes has seven passes that went for at least 39 yards. The 39-and-a-half projection is a big number, but you can never underestimate the speed and explosiveness of Hill, Kelsey, and Hardman, ever. All right. The Bucks will be good for one busted coverage. That's what I'm thinking. Somebody's going to get open. It happens in every offensive-minded Super Bowl, and we still have to think at 56 and a half, this is an offensive Super Bowl. This is not a 42-point uh, over-under. Zach, what do you got? Especially if their two starting safeties aren't playing. You know you know, there's going to be a blown coverage back there with Tyreek Hill or Mecole Hardman. It's going to happen. So keep an eye out on uh, on who's going to be starting at safety for the Bucs. Do we, do we know whether or not uh, both of those safeties are not playing because I think they're just battling through. Well, I think Winfield's playing. Yeah, I think Winfield's going to play because he's had two weeks to recover. He was a game-time decision against the Packers. I think he'll be in. Is he 100%? I don't know. Um, And then, what is it, Whitehead? Whitehead on the other side, he's got the uh, separated shoulder. Um, That might be a little bit more difficult for him to come back, especially if you're relied on the tackle and wrap some of these beasts that he's going to have to go after. Don't you just want to pop Whitehead for a long game? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just sorry. Just sorry. been outside. Just been outside. <laughs> and finally, Patrick Mahomes rushing yards, nineteen and a half. I'm going with the over again. In nine of his seventeen games played this season, Mahomes rushed for at least twenty yards. He's usually a solid bet to have at least one for ten plus yards. And with the way the Bucks rush the passer, he'll be forced out of the pocket pretty often. And here's one where you're, uh, where Eric Fisher not being in the game uh, on your blind side could really encourage more rush attempts by Patrick Mahomes. We don't want to look uh, as Eric Fisher being out to encourage any overs in the offensive prop categories when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, but this one could be one of them. I go – over at minus 105. It's almost even. I like the number. It, it, it's a coin flip. All right. Uh, when Mahomes does escape pressure, he will create. All right. Turf toe didn't seem to bother him that much against the Bills. I know, Sack, you brought it up. But and he only rushed for five yards. I don't know. I, I think the Bills' defense is more formidable than the Bucks. I'm going with that. Sack, what do you got? 
the Bills don't have any formidable pass rushers. The Bucks do. They'll get home. Okay, the Bucks will get home, but that pocket's going to collapse, and he's going to go right up the middle. All right, that's going to happen a bunch of times. House, weigh in on that. Well, yeah, I was I was about to say that the uh, the Bucks defensive front is a little bit more athletic than uh, than the uh, Bills defensive front, and I, I think that also you have to uh, put into context the middle linebacker of the Bucks is a beast. He's a man amongst boys. He's led the league in ta- he's led the league in tackles and uh, and and interception for a linebacker. So he's uh he's one of those guys that he's one of those guys that get out there, get out there and handle his business. I I I agree with you. I, again, uh, these are not bets that we are saying are going to hit. Just numbers would suggest. Numbers yeah. would suggest. Let's move on to Lenny, shall we, Mister Leonard Fournette. Because he wouldn't have looked good in midnight green, huh? Nah. <laughs> nah. Let's 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 bring back the washed up Chicago running back that you know we anyway. All right. Fournette rushing yards over fifty and a half. For plus one hundred. It's an even number. Fournette has taken over lead duties from Ronald Jones. We all know this. He started six straight games and has totaled two hundred and eleven rushing yards and two touchdowns in the Buccaneers. Three playoff contests. Let's say that again. The line for him over under rushing yards is 50 and a half. He has totaled 211 yards rushing and two touchdowns in the Buccaneers' three playoff games. All on the road, by the way. Expect the timeshare to be more evenly split than it was in the NFC Championship game when Jones went for just 16 yards on 10 carries. But both backs should and could top 50 yards as the Bucks lean on the run game to control the clock like Tom Brady likes to do. Leonard Fournette, first rush attempt, over three and a half yards. All right. Before I go to that one, I'm going to say this. Coin flip. Everybody laughs at the coin flip. All right. Is it a laughable uh, prop bet, yeah, it's a 50-50. All right. But if Tampa Bay wins the coin flip, what do you think they're going to do? Anybody. They're gonna they're gonna defer. I disagree. You sure? I think I well, because Tampa Bay has because Tom Brady has been so inept in the first quarter of Super Bowls, and this is a statistic that teams know. This is not just analysts on on Google and, and MGM and William Hill and all these other companies analyzing this. It's an extra possession. You take it. I think Kansas City, if they win the coin flip, does defer. So if you want to know who has the ball first, I go Tampa. Go Tank. But, well, I – I beg to differ there because when Tom has scored early and often in the playoff games that they've been in, it's been, it's been because the defense has created a turnover or so, uh, a, pin, a pin the opposing team's offense deep. So you got to put your best foot forward. And, and, and your best foot forward. Okay, think about what you just said. All right. What is their defense rank? No, it doesn't matter. All right. I'm going to tell you conceptually, and you have to think about this. All right. <laughs> Kansas City is an offensive juggernaut. Can we all agree on this? No. What? No. Okay. Besides the fact that Tank is 
No, when they when they right score, whoa, 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 when they scored their points, they got their points because of the defense putting them in position. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about if you're but Tampa. You, you ask, you ask, but you actually I'm wasn't talking about, about if, you're, if you're Tampa. Okay, oh, okay. So a lot of these scores are defensive by Kansas City, but it doesn't matter. Points are going to be put up on the board. All right, you have one of the top scoring offenses or teams. Teams, let's just go teams in the league. All right, let's remove offense from this equation. You have one of the top scoring teams in the league, and you're going to give them the ball first. Think about that for a hot second. You're going to give them the ball first. I say no. Slash go. I just want to say something. I would think both teams would want to receive the ball because you got two of the best quarterbacks in the game. And don't you want to ride your quarterback and set the tone for the matchup? Not I don't really. know. I, I, think, I think Kansas City uh, plays chess a lot better. Andy Reid plays chess a lot better. Tank. Well, it, well, basically, I think everybody wants the ball after the half. Because it is like when you first come, when you first come out, you first come out, everybody's going to have those jitters. And so it's like when you get to give it to those jitters and you, you got your game plans down and you got things going and you go in and you make those halftime adjustments. You want that ball coming out, especially if you have the offense in which you guys are speaking of. It's like you want, you want, you want to go out and hit somebody in the mouth defensively and give your offense the opportunity to play on a short field to get them some confidence. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. The chess match is winning the coin toss and getting the ball after the half. Okay, it's an extended period. It's a, remember I, 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 it's I extended halftime. Remember, remember what you have going for you here. Mm-hmm. You've got a Tom Brady who has has been slow in the first quarter. All right. So why did you I, give him the ball? Because you have to give him <laughs> as many because you have to give him as many opportunities as possible. Sack. I'm I'm with Tank on this one. If, if if for me, I defer because I want the ball coming out of half. What happens normally with the Super Bowl? There's extra time for the halftime show, so you get a little bit extra time. People are dragging to get back to their seats because they're out there in concessions. And the, a big bonus is the defense has been sitting around for a half hour, forty minutes, which is longer than what they normally get, and their adrenaline is down. So when the kickoff happens, now you as an offense, you can take advantage of that. All day, all right. I, I, I well, your your arguments are all valid, all valid. I'm just just pointing out. So let's get on with this because we have to get through a lot, man. We still have three pages uh, of this, and we're we're running out of time. We didn't think we were going to get through all of it anyway. But Fournette first rush attempt, the line is three and a half yards. I'm going over it plus one fifteen. Fournette averaged. Just 3.78 yards per carry in the regular season, but that number is skyrocketed to 4.4 yards per carry in the playoffs with 12 or more attempts in each game. That's a great, great prop bet right there. The threat of play action with Tom Brady should keep the defense's attention off the running game early and should allow Fournette to have some early holes. Anybody disagree with me on this one? No? No? Okay, good. Yay! That was – hey, Diaz, what do you think? Ah, cool, man. Yeah, I appreciate you. Appreciate <laughs> you agreeing with it. All right. Fournette, receptions made. The line is three and a half. I'm going over at minus 112. The passing game is where Fournette really found a groove late in the season 
And through the NFC playoffs, he has 14 receptions through three road postseason games on a total of 17 targets. Look for Brady to target both running backs more often in the passing game in an effort to do as what Chris Sack said, control the clock instead of looking deep for Evans, Godwin, Antonio Brown, and or God, I hate even bringing up his name. I'm not saying it. I don't. Sorry. No, no tight ends other than Cameron Brader mentioned. In, 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 in. Well, why not? <laughs> I know, I know. All right. Buccaneers first reception. This is an interesting prop bet and has a ton of value. Because of Fournette picking up more receptions in the playoffs and later in the season. Fournette to receive the Bucks' first reception is plus 650. Plus 650. This follows suit with the above and, and, and brings a nice plus money payout with a $10 bet that can give you 65 early in the game. The Chiefs allowed 5.4 receptions per game to running backs. We're already expecting Fournette to be on the field on the Bucks' first drive because he took over starting role. And he's a good bet while sharing the fourth best odds amongst Tampa Bay pass catchers. I love it in every way. All right. We're moving on from Leonard Fournette. All right. Edwards. Hilaire. We're just going to call him Eddie. All right. (laughs) Receptions made. 2.5. I'm going over. uh, Plus 105. No team in the NFL allowed more receptions per game to running backs than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 6.3. Eddie had 36 receptions on 54 targets over 13 games in his rookie regular season, and he made one catch for no gain on two targets in the AFC Championship. He caught his lone target for two-yard gain against the Bucks in the head-to-head Week 12 meeting. That doesn't necessarily bode well, but that's a number you need to consider. He also uh, he's conceded playing time of late to uh, Daryl Williams. Expect... Andy Reid and offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy to get the prize rookie more involved in a big game. He was targeted 29 times and made 21 catches for 177 yards over five game stretch from week two through week six. It's an interesting statistic. Another one, Eddie. This is a great, great value pick. And this will be the last one before we come uh, to our final break. And, and come back and, and finish up with some Tom Brady props. If you're looking for value in a prop bet, this is the one. His rushing and receiving yard over under, this is total yards, 46 and a half at plus 110. Now, let's break this down real quick because it's the most interesting prop bet out there. His rushing yard line is set at 26 and a half. And his receiving yard line is set at 15 and a half. All right. Let's say that again. His rushing yard line is set at 26 and a half, and his receiving yard line is set at 15 and a half. All right. That's 42 yards. And his over under for total between both is 46 and a half. It almost doesn't make sense. You have a four and a half yard 
difference between his individual lines and the total, there's an inherent value from scrimmage at plus money. All right. Again, this is a plus 110. It's almost a gift. They're saying individually he should only have 42 yards, but collectively he should have 46 and a half. I don't understand this line. I'm taking it. I'm taking it in every way, shape, or form. It might be the biggest prop bet I make on Super Bowl Sunday. Anyway, we have more to get to, just a few more. We got Tom Brady coming up because we know we want to end the show with Tom Brady. Super Sam loves him. It's 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 just inevitable this was going to take place. You guys, Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. We will be back for our final segment of our Super Green Legion show after this. <laughs> Everybody, Fox Sports, The Gambler, 102.5 FM, Philadelphia, brought to you by Bud Light. We're on our final segment of our Super Green Legion radio show. That's three days before Super Bowl Sunday. We appreciate everybody hanging out with us and enjoying what we hope will make you some money. Typically, we're not a big gambling show, but we might try to move towards that a little bit more uh, as we get into uh, this year a little bit further. And uh, we hope you like some of our picks. Typically, my picks don't work. Just so you know. There you go. There's another thing you have going for you as far as information. You could bet the opposite of everything I told you, and you probably will win money. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But I'll tell you this. When I hit, I hit hard. And I'm hoping – look, if this – if you think that – this game is going to be strategically defensive, and there's not going to be 56 points scored. I go the opposite direction on everything I told you. But, I don't know, this one just seems... It, the, none of these teams go into games uh, in the playoffs and seem to come up short offensively. And that's that's what we're looking for here. We're looking for a high-scoring game that every analyst... Every commentator, everybody. Oh, and by the way, Super Sam is so happy that Tony Romo is going to be uh, an analyst for for this game. She 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 can she cannot wait, everybody. She cannot wait. But is that your McNabb impression? (laughs) (laughs) Shots are being blowed. That being said, we got two more Eddie bets. Rushing attempts seven point five at minus one sixty five. This is a big one. You got to lay out a little bit of dough to get this one. Rushing attempts, 7.5. I'm going over again. The payout here isn't exciting, but a $10 uh, bet returning a profit of $6.06. But it's safe and should cash in late in the game. If, If Mahomes is able to get his team a lead as well, if you think the, the, uh, the Chiefs are going to come out and are going to be ahead, it's an obvious, easy money bet because they're going to try to run the ball at the end of the game and control the clock. It's all you need to know. I'm going over seven and a half. 
And one more. This is an interesting one, and I never take bets like this. Never. Eddie, for two or more touchdowns at plus 900. Let me say that again. Edwards Hilaire, two or more touchdowns, plus 900. It's one of my favorite of all Super Bowl 55 prop bets. He totaled just five touchdowns in his rookie season, but he had two touchdowns uh, in a game uh, in a 35-30 to win Chiefs win over the, the Raiders in Week 11. He also scored his return from injury in the AFC Championship game to shake off some of the rust. At a, at a $10 bet, a $20 bet, a $100 bet, this can ridiculously change the complexion of your portfolio for Sunday's Super Bowl matchup. And finally, let's get to two-minute Tom. Super Sam loves two-minute Tom. Just shaking her head the entire show. Tom Brady passing touchdowns, three at plus 260. All right. The over-under for the Super Bowl is set at 56.5, with the Bucks having an implied point total of 26.5. The Bucks had 42 team passing touchdowns and just 16 rushing touchdowns in the regular season. Brady has thrown for another seven scores in the postseason, with Leonard Fournette running for two scores, and Brady adding a touchdown on the ground. Points will need to come via the passing tack against the Chiefs, especially if Kansas City builds a lead. Again, I'm going over. I'm going over. It's a good line because there's no hook. All right. If he gets the three touchdowns, we're good. If he needs to get that silly touchdown at the end because they're down by nine or ten, well, there you have it. Here's another interesting one that I don't usually bet on, but it seemed good at the time when I was doing uh, the research and, and, and these guys have all added. Uh, and I want everybody to weigh in because this is, this, is, this is a big one. Tom Brady, anytime touchdown. That's not a passing touchdown. Okay? At plus 550. Brady rushed for three touchdowns in the regular season and has already added a rushing score in the postseason. 43-year-old is a little rejuvenated, even with Super Sam trying to discredit his manhood. Uh, And he's a good bet to keep it himself near the goal line instead of risking a handoff to Fournette or Ronald Jones. What do you do if you're Tom Brady and you're at the half-yard line? (laughs) Quarterback sneak. Quarterback sneak. Tank, what do you think about this bet? I, I kind of wouldn't take it because I think uh, in the interior, the Kansas City Chiefs have got some big guys that could, uh, that could probably stuff Tom into next week. So I highly doubt that they're going to do that. I, I think they're going to let the other guys handle business. There's a reason why it's plus 550, but Zach, weigh in. No, I, I, it also, he has probably the best center in the NFC outside of Lindsley and, um, and Green Bay and, and Kelsey here. Uh, he can go right behind him and just follow the hogs, man. So if it's, it's down there at the one or the half, he's definitely going to go in with, with the quarterback sneak. He does it all the time. Slash. Yeah, I mean, Sean Brace has been an advocate of uh, quarterback touchdown prop all year. Plus 550, I don't think 
I don't think that's nearly enough value for a 43-year-old Tom Brady. I get you. I get you. Sam, I want you to weigh in here real quick because I know this is your boy. What do you think about Tom Brady at the one-yard line sneaking in? I hope he gets crushed if that if that should happen. But unfortunately, he's found his way into a couple different spots along he's the way. He's found his way to too many holes. I've, I've I've heard. That's what she said. Exactly. Love it. Love it. Love it. You guys, I didn't uh, ask you to weigh in on the Tom Brady prop before that. I'm sorry. Uh, I want your opinions as well on Tom Brady passing uh, over under at three touchdowns. Uh, Tank, what do you think on this? I don't think they're going to let him. I don't think they're going to let him pass uh, over two touchdowns. I, I, I'd be surprised if he gets one. I think they're going to have to try to run, run it down their throat because I've, when teams get closer to the uh, red zone, the they go for coverage versus uh, versus uh, letting you letting you run the ball down their throat. And 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 you're right because again that's plus two sixty. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a heavily heavily favored uh, prop bet. Uh, leaning towards him not getting three touchdowns. Sack, what do you think? There are things in this world that don't tick me off as much as a push, and that's where I think you're going to wind up if he lands on three because he ain't throwing four. So, uh, yeah, I, I avoid that bet. Slash. Yeah, I mean, there's plus money value on it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a few shekels on it, if you will. Um, I think if the Bucks win this game, it's going to be through the air, and Brady's going to have to carry him from behind. Super Sam, what do you think about Tom Brady throwing three touchdowns? I think if it happens, I'm I'm going to jump off the roof of my house. Are you going to be able to thirty five thirty one? How are you going to get up there? Do you have an elevator installed? No, I'm going to find a way to climb up there and jump. It's only a rancher. I probably nothing's going to happen. Climb on Brady's back because that's the only way they're winning the Super Bowl. That's it. All right, two more, you guys, and we got to end this show because we are running out of time. Time. Time, Tom, not Tom. Yeah, just for you, Sam. Tom Brady passing yards under three hundred point five at minus twelve or at minus one twelve. All right, this is one of my rare unders here. All right, Tom Brady over under for passing yards three hundred point five. Brady averaged two hundred eighty nine point six passing yards per game in the regular season. It was his highest per game average since the 2016 season when he threw for 296.2 yards per game with the New England Patriots. As well, the key for the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl will be to keep the Chiefs and Mahomes off the field. We can agree on this. Yes. yes I'm, this, I'm sorry. We're not, I'm, give me two seconds, Tank, and, and then get in there. Doing this will require extended drives, which would also limit trips up and down the field for the Bucks' offense. Back the under, it's likely the result the Bucks want to see for themselves. What do you think, Tank? I think a lot of people are still kissing Tom's ass uh, and not and not giving the defenses that he's played with the credit that they're due. He's never threw he's never threw nothing spectacular, so I don't expect him to go with three hundred this time. All right, slash. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I 
No, I'm I'll indifferent. I'm indifferent. Name. I'm sorry. I'm indifferent about it because I don't want to get yelled at by Tank for what I think about Tom Brady's success in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Sackmaster. I think if you're looking at betting the over like you are on, on his touchdown passes, you have to bet the over on the yards because you can't expect Mahomes to turn the ball over and give him short fields like Drew Brees did and Aaron Rodgers did the one time. You can't expect that. They're going to have to go the length of the field more often than not. Again, like I, I said, Tom Brady's going to have to win this game for them, so I'm going to yeah. take the over. I got you. All right, and finally, and we only have a, a, a minute and a half left. Tom Brady, longest passing completion. The over-under is 38 and a half, and it's even money at plus 100. I'm going under. The Bucks offense is full of big play pass catchers, including uh, uh, Evans, Godwin, Antonio Brown. Brady also connected with little-used receiver Scott Miller for a 39-yard touchdown in the NFC Championship. Still, the Bucks will uh, should be hesitant to attempt these types of quick-strike scores because – Brady has thrown nine picks in passing attempts over 30 or over 20 yards. All right. It, it, it goes against the aforementioned strategy. I would take the under at even money. It's likely late in the game before they're tempted to even try. Tank, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to say the under mainly because if, uh, just like you said, He's he's not five picks, and if when they go when they go for over that his arm his arm strength is not there anymore, so he th- he tends to throw a lot of picks. Sackmaster, I think he's going to get one that's going to go beyond that. A play will break, but if we're going to talk about picks, look out for Tyron Matthew getting one of them. So if you if you can bet that as a prop, do it. And then I have a prop real quick: Shaq Barrett as the Super Bowl MVP eleven times in fifty four Super Bowls, a non offensive player has been the MVP. He will be on Mahomes all day. If the Bucks win, Shaq Barrett plus 5,000. You could put you could put 10 bucks on that and win 500. I like it. I like it. Slash, what do you got? All right, so this is also my get it off my chest. Scotty yeah. Miller, two touchdowns. There's always that unknown in the Super Bowl. So if Tampa Bay is going to win it, Scotty Miller is going to be that unknown that wins it for him. Two plus touchdowns, plus 4,000, over 39 yards on the Tom Brady passing prop. Gotcha. I gotcha. All right, everybody. Anybody else want to get anything off their chest? We got 30 seconds. Tom Brady sucks. Super Tom. Sam? <laughs> he, he said it. <laughs> That's all I had, man. I didn't, I didn't really have anything. Uh, Master. I'm looking forward to a great Super Bowl. It's going to be a lot of fun on Sunday. And, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to look to tune in for you guys on Sunday as well with the prop bet show. Can't wait. Hey, 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 Q, quick, uh, quick, quickly, uh, just on, on what you said earlier about when the Eagles aren't in it, is it, it, we don't have that much stake in it, so it's kind of somber. My, my, my game watching has been somber, too, so I haven't been yelling at the TV like I normally do. So that, that's, that to what you said, it, it, you are exactly true. If you don't have a, a stake in the game, it, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, yeah, you cannot find blissful ambivalence. It's difficult, man. It's difficult. Everybody, once again, I would pipe Sean's girlfriend. <laughs> we appreciate everybody tuning in to Green Legion Radio, the Super Edition on Fox Sports The Gambler. Thank you to Slash Super Sam, Damn Skippy, Sackmaster, and once again, congratulations 
to Michael Diaz and Abby Diaz for bringing Monroe Catherine into the world. Yay. We look forward to meeting her again. Green Legion Radio, Fox Sports The Gambler, 102.5 FM, brought to you by Bud Light. Everyone, enjoy the Super Bowl. We will see you next week.